0: Are you ready for the weekend yet? We have events, news and a guest for you to enjoy this Lake Life Weekend. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lake Life Weekend Podcast. This is Dirk and I'm your host and we are approaching Weekend 22, June 1st this Friday. And summer, I think, has arrived. I'm a little late. It's uh, Wednesday when I record this um, and it's extremely nice out. And tomorrow I think we're hitting the 80s. So get ready for open water lake life. Jump in. Whoever sends me a picture of swimming over Instagram tags us. This weekend I will send them a gift. Yep, I just made that up, but uh, you know what? Whoever is going to jump in, I don't know if Harry is going to jump in. I, maybe Oscar is going to jump in this weekend for the first time. He has not been swimming yet with us, but we'll see. It's a little cold still yet. Maybe if you follow us on Instagram, we got a new boat, a new old boat. We bought a 1994 Forester, replaced our Checkmate 1977. Let's see uh, what kind of um, film and picture material we can do with that this uh, summer season. We are really excited. Um, so thanks again for tuning in and we are excited for strawberry season to come. The strawberry patch uh, here near Perham will open uh, very soon. Uh, you can follow, follow Otterberry on Facebook and they will announce their picking dates and there's a hotline and all that. You will hear from Chris and Cordell their story on how they came up with the concept, the idea all about strawberries and their little Little big corn maze, a really fun, cute story. We've been there last year a couple times. So I'm glad we were able to capture that. Please also go to our website lakelifeweekend.com for latest updates uh, on events. Every day we post something, Um, there's lots happening in this area. As you know, more and more people are going to come visit us. So we are welcoming um, all our guests. Thank you. And I hope you find your way around and maybe we can be of help. If you have any ideas, suggestions, information we should share for you, feel free to email us to hello at lakelifeweekend.com. And we are going into print with our new magazine this Friday also. And we hope to have it on the stands second week of June. So please stay tuned for that, email us if you want a copy mailed to you we can do that absolutely no problem otherwise you'll find it at all the Hornbarkers in Fargo Moorhead Um, various uh, locations here in Lakes Country Mm, hotels gas stations restaurants take a look out for that thank you again for tuning in and now stay tuned for our story about Otterberry Farms thank you have a great weekend ahead Welcome to our interview part. I'm here with Chris and Cordell Hübsch. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks for
1: having us. Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, thank you. I'm glad I got to uh, get you into our little recording studio because it's pre-farming season. And I remember last year, you got very busy um, with harvest when I reached out for the first time. And I visited your little, or oh not little, your uh, corn maze and uh, your um small farm with the kids i was there with my son harry and uh, i got to meet it and um, meet you before we talk about otter berry that's uh, a family farm that you have grown um, tell us a little bit more about uh, where you're from and uh, how you got into farming and um, all those things maybe uh, chris starts or cordell who okay yeah
2: yeah i can um Yeah, so uh, I'm not originally from Minnesota, but Cordell is, and I'll let him explain kind of our family farm where we're currently at, because it's uh, technically his family, but we both have a farming background. Um, I grew up in Ohio, uh, northeast of Cleveland, Mm -hmm. and I grew up on a dairy farm. Um, It's a century farm out in Ohio, so my family's been in the farming business pretty much forever. Um, century
0: farm means 100 years yes,
2: old? Yes, yes, yeah, so out in Ohio, um, and our farm here in Minnesota is a century farm also, so both of our families have been farming for a very, very long time. Um, so it's kind of in our blood, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I grew up in Ohio, and Cordell and I actually met out in Montana, in Bozeman. Uh-huh. We both went to college at Montana State University. So that's how we met. Um,
0: or agriculture?
2: Yeah, I have a uh, bachelor's degree in actually animal science, uh-huh. um, but it's a very well-rounded program. You do a lot of agronomy, ag business, chemistry classes, that kind of thing, as well as um, animal husbandry type stuff. Uh-huh. So um, yeah, that's what my degree is in. Is that
0: breeding? or? What yeah,
2: is? yeah. We do, they cover all, all sorts of um, how to care for animals, basically, um, feeding, genetics, um, breeding, so that you have... Uh, better quality animals, you know, um, that kind of thing. And then also the business aspect. So lots of business classes, accounting. Um. It's amazing.
0: It's a real formal education. Yes. I mean, I'm a city boy, mm-hmm. and I really don't know mm-hmm. anything. And when I look at those farms, and we have a lot of farms here, uh, and also with the no- NDSU tradition, which yes. is a agricultural college, there's it's a business. I mean, like f- operating a farm nowadays is not just...
2: Yeah, planting absolutely. some seeds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. So it's a. I have a four years bachelor's degree um, in animal science is what I majored in, but they focus on all sorts of stuff. You know, we did plant identification, all sorts of different types of things. So, so yeah.
0: obviously your goal was to be living and operating a farm. I mean, you just did, didn't. Yeah,
2: just I always have wanted to be in agriculture. Um, it's just kind of one of those things. I think you know, as a kid, you see what your folks do, and you're, so you're kind of more. a tendency to lean towards what their occupation is maybe you know as you grow up and um it just seemed kind of like a natural fit and i love being outside and yeah it's fun
0: (laughs) and now your parents miss you in ohio (laughs) because you did not take over the family farm
2: right yeah well i have two siblings in ohio um and they both actually live right down the street my brother lives at the family farm my parents live down the road a mile and my sister lives down the road the other way a mile so they're all still right there um but I do remind them I am a thousand miles closer to home. You know, Minnesota <laughs> is closer, so so it's only a day and a half drive now. So only not too bad. Day. Yeah. Then Montana. Yeah, then oh, Montana. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So you two met in uh, in Montana and Bozeman and mm-hmm. um, you were part of the same program, Codell?
1: I uh, <clears throat> I actually went to college to become a mechanical engineer. And oh. I uh, and I was a good chunk of the way through and we actually they flew us out to Boeing and and we uh, toured the factory and what we'd probably be end up doing and uh, just kind of had this epiphany that um, the cubicle wasn't really what I was looking for right so um, I switched and I ended up getting a, a like a ag business econ uh, major and minor so um, I you know, in the back of my mind, the reason it's funny because the reason I went to Montana was to put 800 miles between me and my farm. Correct? See, <laughs> me too. I, <laughs> I, was, I was set to go to Fargo, go to college in Fargo, but um, I figured if I was in Fargo, I'd be home every weekend. Mm. Uh, too close. Working. Mm-hmm. Too mm-hmm. close. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, but there was an opportunity back here at our family farm to come back. And so... Uh,
0: Wait. Oh. <laughs> I like that because um, it's usually, yeah, you try to experience life and you want to disconnect, Yeah, mm-hmm. it's part mm-hmm. of life, so mm-hmm. you leave and you get a lot of exposure, mm-hmm. you meet uh, people in Bozeman, uh, you see a different world, mm-hmm. then you went to Washington, I guess, that's where Boeing sits, isn't it, by Boeing, Seattle? yeah,
1: right up in Seattle. And
0: and so you saw the other industrial world, right. and then you decided Minnesota is the place to be, yeah? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so. Or did she uh, convince you?
2: No. How did that happen? No, No, he he convinced me to move here. Minnesota wasn't on my top list of states. I was kind of, it was an obscure place to me, like, where? Oh, by Fargo? Oh, what? (laughs) That movie (laughs) thing? Yeah, exactly. That's what my parents said. Wait, what? (laughs) Like, it's not like that, Mom. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, Yeah, how did that happen? So, uh, when was that, by the way? Uh, When did we... Uh,
2: Early 2000s. Yeah. Okay. So... Yeah, we've lived here a long time now.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, but it's funny because um, if you're going to if you're gonna court somebody and convince them to move to Purim, um, the best time to make that happen is the summertime, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So you don't bring them back in January, you bring them back uh, for the boating season and, yep. and all the fun things that we have to offer here. And so, so that was the plan of attack and it worked, thank goodness.
2: Yeah. I think his whole family was involved. Like, you know, I would come visit and we'd go fishing and do all these fun activities. I was like, wow, your farm's different than my farm was. Like, we didn't do fun stuff. We were always working, you know? And then uh, we moved here, and I was like, wait a minute.
0: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> your guys'
2: farm is just like my farm. You tricked me. Like, you know, I think his dad was like, sure, go take her fishing. That's okay. <laughs>
0: that's too funny. Yeah, so. Well, it, all, it all worked out, though. Yeah. So. And um, so you grew up working mm-hmm. every day because dairy is, I think, one of the worst farming Um, Because it's really every day.
2: Yeah, you're married to the farm. Yeah, you're you're milking cows, you know, twice a day, and you're in the summertime growing crops to feed them, and in the wintertime you're fixing stuff, and you're still milking them twice a day. And so,
0: um,
2: you know, our farm was very small and supported uh, my immediate family, and then my dad farmed with his dad and his dad's brother, his uncle. Okay. Um, and so there was three families basically that were being supported by this teeny tiny little dairy farm. So it was, you know, tight margins for sure. And it always is, right. you know, in dairy farming. Especially but lots of work, not very many, you know, vacations. But looking back, I wouldn't trade it for the world.
0: No, you, l- you learned all the skills that you put today's farm. And yeah. so today you are not doing dairy or meat. You t- Tell me a little bit about the Hipsch uh, uh, family farm and what con- what became... Otter um, Otterberry mm-hmm.
1: Otterberry farm, right? Well, so I guess um, we still operate. So I'll, I'll just back up. M- uh, we are a, a fourth uh, generation farm. Um, my father's father um, came actually from down in the Olivia um, area, some of the best soil on the planet, right? <laughs> and I c- and I try to imagine <laughs> what it was like for him. Uh, he had a lot of brothers and sisters, not enough room to stay there, so he emigrated up to the Perm area. To go from that soil to the sand we farm around here must have been a real, you know, challenge, right? If okay. you think about
0: 1910, or when did that happen?
1: Yeah, that happened. Uh, well, Grand Grandpa was born in 1903, and it happened right around uh, when he was. Uh, what
0: would it have been? Would yeah, have been about eight, eighteen,
1: there. I think, mm-hmm. seventeen or eighteen.
0: Okay, so before the depression. So did they get land by gift? How does that happen back in the day? Back How in
1: yeah, there was homesteading. The land we we're on was not homesteaded by my family. Grandpa, Grandpa Grandpa's father actually bought the farm we were on, so he 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 bought it.
0: Your great grandfather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that'd be mm-hmm. my
1: great grandfather, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but they they when they came up here, pretty much everybody was uh, on eighty acres uh, on a dairy, a self sustaining kind of deal. Um, they uh, he did, Grandpa did milk until um, the end, um, but he uh, he saw that. Uh, that it was a tough road to hoe, basically, right, the dairy world. So he actually got into turkeys pretty early uh-huh. and was uh, pretty ins- – and then my uh, uncle, uh, they kind of took – the and dad, too – they all took the turkeys and kind of ran with it. They experimented with hogs, and then the, the turkeys is what they kind of settled in on. Um, sometime in the – this is going to be stretching the history. I'm not exactly sure in the years, but I think it was in the, the 60s when um, – the family kind of split and my uncle Fred went uh, to the left with uh, turkeys and my dad went to the right with the crop farming okay uh-huh. so one uncle went into poultry and the other and my dad went into crop farming and he grew corn and beans and um found a kind of a niche market at the time uh, he we he started growing dark red kidney beans which yep. we still grow to this day and and now it's a staple crop in this area right oh. and so um so that's what's kept our farm afloat for all these years is that that dark red kidney bean. And we still grow that today on, uh, on a scale. And um, when Chris and I came back, I have um, two brothers and a sister, and we are all here in the same area. And so Chris and I just kind of decided that we wanted to, to find a little niche, right? Because it seems like in agriculture, you can go the commodity route, but if you go the commodity route in agriculture today you have to be aware that it's all about economies of scale, right? You just have to have the margins are so tight, you just need to get bigger or you need to find a way to maybe to make a little more with
0: less. Right. Sure. And so that kind of led to our idea, right? So you tried to find a niche and that Mm -hmm. was berries, strawberries?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So Cordell still farms with his brothers, corn and kidney beans, and the timing kind of works perfectly. for planting and harvest and that type of thing with strawberries and we kind of kicked that idea around for a while. Um, and we have really sandy soil. Yeah. Strawberries like sandy soil, um, yeah. it drains well so you know we don't have as much problem with disease and stuff like that. Um, and then of course we have to irrigate it because it is so sandy but it's nice because when we need water we just turn the water it. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah mm-hmm. so and and you know that's the same with like the kidney beans, um, they grow really well here because the soil drains away it's not so heavy and holds all that water mm-hmm. um, so anyways the strawberry season um, planting is a little bit before we would start corner kidney beans and so that kind of works and so Cordell can help and myself plant and then he can be gone doing corn and kidney beans while I'm making sure the strawberries are growing and no weeds and that kind of thing um, and about the time they're done planting everything down the street with his brothers um, and himself then it's just about time to start picking strawberries. So then we have the public come out and start picking. And so the timing really works well with um, still being able to farm with his family, yet do something on our own also. Mm-hmm. And then having our kids involved and stuff. So it's mm-hmm. been really good. Yeah.
0: So so we have, I mean, may I ask how many acres? So, so beans, is that hundreds of acres? Because you started 80 acres. That was how your grandfather started? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so on the on the on the hips farm side, we we do about two thousand acres of corn and kidney beans, and and then on the berry farm, we grow s- we'll have six acres of strawberries mm. to pick this year. Yeah. Okay. And then and then we'll also have the corn maize as well in the fall, and we'll do a few acres of pumpkins and some raspberries as well.
0: So okay. <coughs> but your passion kind of is the berry.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, corn and kidney beans are fun, but... (laughs) Well, I
0: don't know. Yeah. But that's business maybe more. And then the strawberry is a little sweeter.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It is. Well, and the really cool thing about strawberries, um, and we don't, we didn't plan on this. We kind of just stumbled upon it when we eventually opened and invited people to the farm for our very first season. Um, you know, with corn and kidney beans, you're still doing all this work. You're farming, you're growing these crops, you harvest them, you bring them to town, um and you know you're done right no great with strawberries <laughs> you do the same thing except for us people are coming to the farm and you can see them eat the strawberry and show their kids how to pick a strawberry and families coming and creating these traditions and it's a completely different you know it's thing just connected to see. With yeah the consumer exa- yeah exactly friends. and it is so cool to see people and they keep coming back you know year after year and they're making memories or you know grandpas are bringing their grandkids out or people that are coming to the lake you know and they always come during that same week every year a lot of people are seasonal that way and you know it's a new tradition for them and yeah. to be able to see your end you know consumer yeah. actually consuming your product yeah it's just it's so cool you it know it becomes a different story all Yeah, of a absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you know cuz i mean we're still growing something and we're still you know right. feeding people or whatever but you know like with the larger commodities you know you take it to the elevator and Disconnected. you don't yeah, you know so people are coming out and we of course pick strawberries for people but they always try one before they leave the farm you know right, right, <laughs> so right. you see that big smile on their face and a juicy <laughs> strawberry you know it's just <laughs> really cool <laughs> no
0: it's perfect the thing is um, and that's why I was so happy to find you or connect with you my son and I Harry we always go to Germany and uh, the Baltic um, mm-hmm. which is actually pretty sandy too I suppose there's Carl's K-A-R-L apostrophe S Carl's mm-hmm. and I think they're probably berry farm since 1871 or I don't even I have to look now but it's not. Pro- it's probably not only six. It's at least sixty acres. Mm-hmm. If it's not even six hundred acres of, of berries. And like wherever you go at the Baltic, there's a Carl's hut. It's like a. S- actually, it's a strawberry, which is like a mm-hmm. shed. Sure, sure. And I can show you a picture later. And yeah. And they s- they sell those strawberries, and we are vacationing there every summer. So we always buy those strawberries. And yes, I connect vacationing like you said like we have obviously tourism here Mm -hmm. and uh, I think it's it's perfect that we have a a strawberry farm yeah so um you say it works well and and people come how long do they last like let's talk a little strawberry because (laughs) we buy them easily but now you have six acres and you have I mean they spread like weeds don't they
2: yeah yeah strawberries um yeah strawberries spread like weeds they're actually in the rose family um, the rosebush family. Really? Yeah. Um. So they'll. Ki- so if you have a wild rosebush at your house and it just keeps going everywhere, you know, strawberries are kind of related to them. Okay. Um. But so it's it's pretty labor intensive. But we plant them. We plant one little plant. It's a crown. It comes dormant. We stick it in the ground. Our setup is every 18 inches we put another plant.
0: Every year, new one.
2: Yeah. So so we are on a rotation on our farm. We're on like a three to four year rotation so does that mean um so we'll plant like we're gonna start planting right now we're a little bit late this year because the spring was so late yeah but we'll start planting new strawberry plants in a single row about 18 inches apart and our rows are about four feet apart oh okay so they're like 18 inches is each plant like as you're walking down a long row and each row would be about four feet apart so by the time people come out to our farm, though, like you said, they spread like weeds. They'll send out runners and daughter plants, and right. they fill in those rows and get nice and bushy. Oh, yeah. So after the the thing about strawberries is, if you just let them keep going, like some people have them in their backyard, and it turns into this big matted field. Yeah. So like a we carpet. go, yeah, exactly like a carpet. Yeah. So we don't want that because we want to be able to walk through the row sure. and pick and have nice, easy picking and nice rows. So after we're done picking, we uh, renovate the strawberries. So, what that entails is actually taking the lawnmower and going and mowing off the plants, right? (laughs) You have like a look of shock on your face. Actually, right after, in July, right after. So right after we're done and people usually drive by and they think, "Oh my gosh, did that like send they them over down. the edge?" Yeah, like what's going on? You <laughs> they know, got what mad happened? The yeah, they, they lost their minds, you know, this summer. <laughs> what happened? So we mow them off and then we take a tiller and we have to narrow those rows. Uh-huh. So we'll make them a lot skinnier. Uh-huh. And then turn the water back on and they start growing like crazy and by Again. the fall, yes, by the fall, then they're nice and bushy and they're not too wide and crazy big.
0: So you have two harvests.
2: Nope, just one just one we have you can there's different varieties of strawberries we have uh june bearing so they'll just do a one one time Mm -hmm. about mid-june where we're at i usually tell people the middle of june Mm -hmm. traditionally we've opened around like the 18th or 19th of june and we'll go through like the fourth of july that's it. Super short season in Minnesota.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, and then in the fall, you use those for the following year? Or wh- why did you till it? and? So
2: we till them and narrow them because how we were just talking how they'll make a big matted carpet. If you don't, they keep sending out new daughter plants, right. and they get wider and wider, and you won't be able to get through the rows and mm-hmm. walk. Okay. So we, to control them and keep them under control and have those nice, happy green rows that you see, right after we're done picking, we mow them off, narrow them up, so they start growing and stay within those boundaries.
0: Ah, so you, so now when you're planting, this is a, an addition. Mm-hmm. So you yep. reuse so them. So you're growing your field. So yeah.
1: So, so we so we do one and a half acre sections. So after three years. That, that one and a half acres we planted originally, we'll put that back to a cover crop and we'll let that regrow as a rye or something to get the soil get healthy again. And we're always putting in an acre and a half every year and we kind of just hopscotch our way down the field. Does that make uh, sense? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah okay, I yeah. see, I see. And the, plant, the plants that are existing in the fall, there's no fruit at that point. That just creates a healthy plant to get ready for winter. Mm-hmm. So in the wintertime, after you bed them in straw... So that, that's the next thing that Chris was going to talk about is they get bedded in straw. The whole key with a strawberry plant is that crown, right about an inch under the soil, can never get below 20 degrees. Oh. And when it gets 40 below here, is it not mind-blowing? <laughs> yeah. That a little bit of straw, like six inches of straw on top of that, will keep that soil mm-hmm. 20 degrees or warmer. Really? It
2: insulates them, yeah. So insulates. in the fall then, we'll go like uh, usually around deer hunting time. Um, is when we start to cover them. The strawberries start to chill out for the winter, they start going dormant. So then we cover them up with straw. Yeah. Um, we'll go out and blow all the straw, which last year worked really good because um, during our corn maze, we had all these cool straw bale like structures right. and things. Oh,
0: you just reused that? Yeah.
2: So we were kind of trying an experimental new way to blow straw on the field, which kind of worked and kind of didn't. But that's <laughs> farming, you're always experimenting and trying new things. So um, yeah, so then you cover them up with straw. So that they're nice and happy, a nice winter blanket all winter long. That's and then unhappy. in the spring, yeah, in the spring, then you go and you rake it all off. And we have this clever little machine that Cordell built that will fluff the straw There's off an engineering degree yeah, that comes yeah. in Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She's so <laughs> slick. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. So it's so a she. What's her name? <laughs> oh, well, I don't Stephanie. know. I, yeah, right, Stephanie. <laughs> I guess it is now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But
0: now, now I'm curious. So strawberry, I think it's just... Awesome. So, but it's a one bloom or one harvest uh, uh, crop or or, or flower Mm -hmm. plant. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm not a professional here. Mm -hmm. So is there also like multiple harvests, but they just don't work so well in Minnesota or? So the
1: other option is um, called day neutral strawberries. And that's the kind of strawberries if you go to the grocery store. I'm going to make a sidetrack here because Mm -hmm. people should know that 95% of the strawberries um, consumed in the United States come from one company, a company called Driscoll's, okay? They're a multinational company based in California. They have strawberries grown all over the world the strawberries we consume here to be able to consume strawberries in minnesota all times of the year they come from all over the world sure but they have a proprietary variety that nobody else in the world has and their strawberries are bred to be stuck in a clamshell put on a ship and they need to be able to be on that ship for two weeks originally it was to get to dubai which took two weeks on a ship and it needed to look like the day it got pulled out of the field so, when you go into the grocery store and you buy a box of strawberries, Driscoll strawberries, they're red, they're beautiful, right? They're just gorgeous. But it's like chewing on an apple, right? They're hard as right. a stone.
2: Or they're crunchy. Yeah. And
1: and so, there's not there's nothing against that. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. But I, they're, they're just, different than in Germany. They're, they're absolutely different.
0: They're more different. juicy there. Uh, more, more like yeah, st- and ours are
2: juicy. <laughs> but ours aren't going to ship on a boat either. Yeah, Explain ours. that. So,
0: so, they are hard I, I,
2: here. Mm-hmm. I saw, I felt... So,
0: so the
1: str- so the strawberries that we get um, at the grocery stores um, that are grown by this Driscoll's company and its subsidiaries they are one variety of strawberries and they're designed to be shipped. That's what they they're invented designed. that?
2: For. Is that like an engineer? Well, plant breeding. It's and through, genetics. Plant, through mm-hmm. plant
1: breeding, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, oh, okay. the yeah, it's through plant it's through plant breeding and genetics that they accomplish that. And it is amazing that they can do that, right? But it's it's one or the other. You're sacrificing. So our strawberries are nothing like those. They uh, melt in your mouth they are delicious but they don't have the shelf life right you're not going to put them in a clam shell and ship them across the country what's a
0: clam shell
2: Uh, like the plastic container the clear uh, plastic container yeah sorry
1: (laughs) and so so that being said um the the strawberries that we grow are june bearing the day neutrals are what they grow in california and mexico and they fruit all summer long okay and those are grown in plasticulture so they they go and they make a row they doing. It's called a raised bed. So they form the soil up into a little um, uh, like
2: a little mount, a hill. A little Mm -hmm.
1: elongated hill. And then they cover that hill in plastic. They bury some irrigation drip lines in the soil. And then they punch a hole in the plastic and put individual plants in. And then they basically send crews of Um, People up and down the rows all summer long to pick these berries. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. We do have a few rows of um, day-neutral, some people call them ever-bearing strawberries. Mm -hmm. Um, We do have a couple rows of those that we've experimented with. Um, But in Minnesota and up in this area, people are very accustomed to, like, a certain picking season, and they know it's short and sweet, Um, and so uh, to have people come out for, like, a two- to three-week period and just go, 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 and get everything harvested... Um, is a little bit easier than strawberries here and there right. um, because you'll end up going multiple feet to fill a bucket with uh, day neutrals because they're not all ripe at one time. Ah. there will still be flowers on the plant and your flower is producing the next strawberry and they'll be doing that all summer long. So during the corn maze we did we went around the strawberry patch on wagon rides.
0: Yeah. And
2: on some days we would stop Um, And some folks would jump off, and they could run through, like, our three little rows of, you know, day-neutral strawberries. And they could go pick one because there would be some out there, you know. But But in June, um, you know, I have little kids and been picking strawberries and stuff. And, like, time is of the essence, you know. Like, (laughs) you know, kids have a short attention span. They're having fun. But especially if you want to go home and do, like, any canning or preserving, and you want a lot of strawberries to me it's a nightmare to have this bucket and it takes like 45 minutes to fill it up and that's kind of what it would be with those strawberries in August you know or I the see. end of July you would have to walk a lot further to fill your pail and those June bearing ones the plant produces all of its flowers at one time then you get all those strawberries ready at one time and boom you can fill a bucket and you know 10 minutes and oh away wow. you go okay <laughs> so huh. yeah
0: so so now um, that seed that you're using is that how did you buy that or did you did you build your own <laughs> uh, crossbreed no, no the se- we don't actually use the seed for strawberries
1: we're using what they call a dormant crown oh. so like all our plants will produce uh, daughter plants and oh a daughter yeah. plant is basically just a shoot uh, a vine that comes off and then it sends down its own root yeah yeah and and what they do it's in areas where they grow these for for produ- uh, seed production or for uh, r- what do they call them? roots Oh, what do they call them? Plant product.
2: Oh, for you know sales. You mean?
1: Yeah, they're they're basically for commercial harvest, scale. They're f- basically mm-hmm. harvesting daughter plants where we har- harvest the strawberries. They dig them up and then they go through a, a pl- and they chop them up into right. little things. And so we're we're transplanting little root sections is what of we of your are. own. So,
2: yeah, so we'll get them dormant. They're they're like almost semi frozen. They're dormant. Oh, really? Um. Yep. And they need to stay nice and cold and um. They'll have just a tiny little top that's coming up. It doesn't even, it, it just looks like dead little sticks. They're brown and just really? horrible looking. Yeah, <laughs> then there's a crown and then there's a root ball. Ah. And so you go sit on this transplanter and you stick them in this machine. Um, and you know, someone's driving the tractor and you're sticking them in and it goes and plants them huh. and you turn the water on. And this is the kind, uh, type of weather that we like because then they can slowly really? wake up. Yeah. It's not hot and crazy. Yep. Um, slow- shock, yeah, Um. Slow. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So, we actually put in plants, not seeds. Okay, every okay, year? yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, I mm-hmm, understood. Yep, yep. So. Huh.
0: so, now we know that uh, y- Otterberry is a very short uh, um, mm-hmm. b- business, I should say, but it's way more um, because I was there for the uh, maize, and then you have rides, and then you have little animals. Mm-hmm. So, what is it all? Is, is it like uh, that's what Carl's is about, too, actually? It's like this. Um, that is an amusement park. I mean, yeah. but <laughs> I mean, yours was a tiny little amusement park, yeah. I guess.
2: Well, something fun to do with your right. family. Yeah, So tell us about
0: that. And that yeah. is th- that is towards the fall, right?
2: Yeah, so what in the fall, la- so last year actually was our first year doing a corn maze. We've kicked the oh. idea around for quite some time. I was right on time. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you found us in our first year of the corn maze. So, oh. um,
0: was cute my son loved it uh, he still talks about it actually yeah
2: yeah it was really fun actually um it's really neat how you know we plant the corn and then you go through and cut it and stuff um, your map
0: was awesome
2: yeah thank you oh, <laughs> yeah it was really cool real and tricky, we could, a bit. yeah and uh, we set it up in two parts so and the rows, our rows are fairly wide, so that when you're walking through, if you're a little bit claustrophobic, you don't feel like it's so tight and narrow. You could walk side by side with someone, right? Or um, it's really flat and smooth, so like handicap wheelchair accessible kind of thing. You could take a wagon, you know, with your kids or a stroller, yeah. you know, when your kid decides they don't want to walk anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, we we split it in two parts, so that if you got halfway through about a half hour and we're like, this is not for me, I want out, you could get right, out, right? And I then saw the second that. part want like know, if Ikea, you, you have an yeah. early exit. Exactly, yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Does
0: Ikea have yeah. an early exit? It does. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no, you never found yeah. that one, huh? Yeah,
2: no, we must have I missed sn- that one. I snuck,
0: I sneak into <laughs> it from backwards.
2: <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, so then you can keep going around the second <laughs> half. And we're yeah. going to do that again this year with the maze design that we came up with this year. Oh, you um,
0: changed the design? Yeah, yeah, so we'll have a brand okay. new
2: design, a new theme. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's kind of cool. We're excited about that. But then, you know, we made it so it was GPS-capable. So you could go through on your cell phone if you wanted Yeah. And get these checkpoints. You could play games if you wanted to just take the old-school map and go through, or if you just wanted to walk through and get lost. Is that like an app? Is that like
0: a corn maze association? How did you get this <laughs> GPS thing going? No, serious. How does that work? Is that a Yeah, well, plane, I'll
2: or? let Cordell explain that part. Did you design
0: he, that, too? Yeah. No, I didn't
2: design
1: <laughs> that. There's a, there we, g- we use a company, actually, that, um, that provides that that uh gps on a cell phone functionality okay yeah so we pay a subscription for that but okay it's not it's it's not enough money that we couldn't do it because it's such a it's such a neat feature to have you Mm -hmm. know especially with the older with the older kids because you know
0: yeah
2: and we can tailor it too like we've had schools come out um youth groups church groups um little kids the, the volleyball team came out um we can tailor those signs like there's there was 10 checkpoints. Okay. So when you get to a checkpoint, then you kind of can see where you're at in the maze. Like, oh, I'm here, like the thing at the mall, you know, so you know where you're oh, at. yeah, yeah. So that's what the sign is, those 10 signs. Right. And on there, if you want to do these trivia games and questions, um, you know, you can scan it with your phone or just answer the question, and it's like, you know, is Scooby-Doo a... Uh, Dog or cat or a mouse, and if okay. you know you say Scooby-Doo is a cat, it tells you to go the wrong way. If you say the right answer, it tells you to go the right way, kind oh. of thing. But like when schools come out and stuff, they can uh, they can tailor those to their own make their own make their quizzes. own questions, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, that's I guess pretty cool. yeah. So like if you know the sixth grade science class came out and their teachers like they knew that week they were going to be working on whatever their subject was ahead of time they could make those 10 questions so as the kids are going through not only are they going through this fun maze yeah you know, if they were paying attention on Monday at school and today's Friday, like they've got the right answer to, you know, the that science cool. question. Yeah, so it was really neat that we could tailor it too, to the different groups when they came out. So it's it amazing really that
0: the, the digital world yeah. and like that is connected now to like an outside uh, yeah. Uh, 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 hike. Yeah, or, and or it's
2: or as much as or little as you want. You know, we yeah. always gave everybody an old school map, you yeah. know, that showed the numbers. And I took the old school know, one. I
0: don't even know. I didn't even yeah. know about the GPS. Yeah, thing. right.
2: <laughs> and so, I you know, you could try to follow that and go through old. that. And, <laughs> <laughs> yo. <laughs> well, and you know, I kind of prefer that too, like going through, it just depends. Yeah, but, yeah. And you know, we had people that were like, I don't need a map, you know? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah go for yeah, it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, you yeah. know? So that's great. So it's whatever you want it to be, Fun. you know, however much you need. Fun. Or you can watch yourself and it'll, you know, do you want to watch yourself walking? And it'll show you on your phone in real time as you're walking. So if you're like, I don't want to, oh. you can zoom in or out and see, oh, yeah, I need to turn here. Ah, to turn yeah, okay, sure, and am. Okay, sure. You know yeah. what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. So. Cool.
2: Yeah, it was pretty neat.
0: How many how many people uh, came, if if I may ask? Like, uh, was it uh, was it a great success? Was it? Yeah, you know, I mean,
2: the 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 weekends um, were pretty cold and rainy last fall. You know, it did get kind of icky out, but we had a pretty good turnout, I think, for being a first year you know nobody really knew that we were doing this except for our strawberry customers Yeah, you know, we had told them in june like it was so hey cute. you guys come back you know this you small. had this 50s truck yeah uh,
0: i i had pictures yeah, yeah, and yeah. you had the cow built out of the straw, straw yeah, yeah a
2: giant a giant cow a like two story cow and a big bear a or bear. some people thought it was a dog whatever it doesn't i don't know what it was it yeah. was to your own imagination but and and like a little pig and Pumpkins. Yep, pumpkins. So we grow pumpkins and gourds, and we've done that for a while. Um, our girls, Clara and Isabel, they're uh, in kindergarten and second grade right now. So they always, we always have them very involved in the farm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we grew up. And ag like we talked earlier and so that's really important to us and so they always help plant pumpkins and then help harvest them and that yeah. kind of thing so people can come to the cornways they can get some pumpkins yeah you know just have a great time bring a picnic whatever i bought a couple there yeah that was
0: the pretty ones yeah yeah we uh, had all sorts I, of
2: pink blue you know orange white all sorts of different We'd oh they were gone i bought yeah the white ones. yeah you <laughs> came a little bit later those pink. ones go right away
0: oh really yeah, yeah. i didn't even know yeah so how many different pumpkins do they I just know the orange one. I, I think mean, I'm from last what year I, I
2: planted um, at least 30 or 40 different varieties really so, like, yeah and I had a couple um, requests uh, we have some fall weddings and so brides will ask us to plant certain things that way they don't have to worry about it oh. and they don't have to drive all over the county looking for pumpkins right before their wedding because they're stressed out anyways <laughs> and so um, we've got a gal this year that ordered we send them the catalog here pick out what you like And then I'll order the seeds and I'll plant them for you. And then you come at your convenience in the fall and pick up your pumpkins. And that way you're not worried about, you know. Interesting service. Yeah. And then we also, some of the churches do, you know, fall harvest feeds and stuff. And so we'll plant a whole bunch of squash for that. And they pre-order, you know, a couple hundred pounds or whatever. And so that way they know that they have it and they don't have to try to. Go all over, you know, to different stores and try to find it in those large quantities, you know, and exactly what you want. So like a yeah. custom
0: grower, like yeah, a craft yeah, a little grower. bit,
2: yeah, yeah. For so a wedding,
0: yeah, yeah, of yeah.
2: You know, fall decor and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah, we do that, and yeah, it's been fun too.
0: <laughs> is, is, there's so much more to your little farm yeah. than one may think. I mean, <laughs> I never even thought about that. Yeah. Um. Interesting, but. Yeah, so, so did we hit a thousand people? Like I'm just like how long is the Maze season? Was it a was it uh, four we, weeks did or we d- no six we weeks? did
2: weekends. We did Saturdays and Sundays, um in September and October. Right. So and we'll do that again this fall. Um and uh MEA weekend we were, it was, we weren't planning on being open all of MEA weekend, but the weather was actually gorgeous that mm-hmm. weekend. It was like the only nice weekend in October. So we completely changed gears at the farm and did different things and tweaked stuff around so we could be open those days. So families could come out, you know, with their kids cause yeah. they weren't at school and whatnot. So yeah. that worked out good. So we'll probably plan on doing something like that similar again this year, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the weather, but yeah.
0: Is that the f- where you live? Was mm-hmm. that house? That's yep. your farm. Yep.
2: Yeah. So we live there. We've lived there for well since like I don't know, two thousand and three or something. I oh, think. oh So plus. Yeah. Yeah. So there's an old farmhouse right up by the road. Yeah. Um. And then our house, we lived in that house for a few years. And then Cordell built us a house up in the trees. So our driveway kind of keeps going further up into the woods. And ah, then okay. we live up in that house up there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but we did live in that original house. And that's where his grandparents lived and yeah. whatnot. So yeah, in that old farmhouse. So yeah, yeah, so we live on site. Yeah, and that's, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I thought so. And then there was like a goat or, or like there were a couple animals. Yeah. A pig. Yeah, was so that?
2: I, you know, grew up with animals <laughs> <laughs> and... I love animals and like your dog.
0: Yeah, 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 Oscar. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) um, But anyway, so when we decided to do the strawberries, um, I've always had horses um, and show horses, and so the our daughters, we were like, well, you know, if people are gonna come out to the farm. People can be, you know, they're removed from agriculture anymore. You don't get hands-on stuff very much anymore, you know?
0: Unfortunately, yeah. yeah.
2: and so it was like, well, if they can come out to the farm, we should, in my thinking, we should have as much stuff as they could <laughs> see and touch and do, you know? Like, this is a great excuse to have a thousand animals. <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah, so we got some sheep. Um, sheep yeah, least. our girls actually used their piggy bank money um, a few years ago when they were little and bought a few ewes, which are female sheep, and... Um, and so then I had we had explained to them, okay, we'll buy the ram, the dad sheep, every year. Okay. And we can keep the baby girl lambs, but the boys have to go. And then if they ever want to sell any sheep, you know, that's their money, and they can put that in the bank or kind of thing. Yeah, very cool. So, yeah, so we did that. So we got the sheep, and then, um, you know, the more things you have, just the more time and energy it takes. So a lot yeah. of times we like to borrow animals so oh. or help people rehome them. Like we'll have bunny rabbits, and usually – um, we're borrowing those from someone or 4-H kids that are looking to sell them or find them a new home. Okay. So they'll come and stay at our farm for a few weeks in the summer. And then we have up a cute little sign, you know, if you are interested in, you know, taking a bunny home, let okay. us know, or kittens, or we had a calf, a little baby cow, a little yeah. bottle calf. Um, and then uh, at the corn maze, we also had some potbelly pigs and right. a mini. Yeah, a mini pony. And yeah, I saw that. The yeah, pony. just all sorts of cool stuff that, you know, kids can see and touch and. Just part of the, you know, and the we experience. don't like, yeah, during strawberries, you know, we charge, we tell people to come out, we charge um, by the pound. Mm-hmm. So you can pick as many or as little strawberries as you want. You don't have to have a heaping bucket full. And, um, you know, the playground, the animals, all that is included and free. And it's kind of nice when people are checking out, you know, their kids are running around and they're kind of right there and they can play with the critters or sit on the swing set and mom can, you know, get her strawberries organized <laughs> and whatever and their kids aren't like Mom, Mom, you yeah, know, yeah I wanna go and yeah, yeah. just stand in line, be quiet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun.
0: Huh. So where are they all coming from? Did you were you able to converse and are they locals obviously and you mentioned a volleyball team. I guess that's from yeah. the high school. But <laughs> yeah but did, did you like are they coming from Saint Cloud or besides the tourists that come from, from out of state, but did you were you able to capture a little bit your guests?
1: We have, we, uh, I'd say most of the strawberry guests were local people just mm-hmm. because maybe we're a little bit new. On the corn maze, um, we did have some people come from North Dakota mm-hmm. um, yeah. that, that expressed that they'd traveled quite a ways. Mm-hmm. But uh, on the other side, going into Minnesota, I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, them. we
2: try, we make a really big effort to try to um, talk to everybody, you know, as we can because we do get really busy, but, you know, um, introduce ourselves yeah. and you know just make sure people feel really welcome at the farm. And if they have any questions, you know what we do, how we do it. If they want to go see the new baby strawberries and yeah. what that looks like, and they're shocked that they're so tiny and small, but you know in a few months they're gonna look like this one over here. Yeah. And so you know we really try to be open to that kind of thing. Or if people contact us, you know in the middle of the summer and can we come out and you know see whatever? It's like yeah sure. You know yeah. we're usually always around. You know working or whatever. Just stop on out or you know call ahead and let us know and give you a tour or whatever
0: <laughs> it was a very so, family yeah. uh, organized i think you were driving the tractor mm-hmm. around with the <laughs> and then you were running around i think the yeah, daughters right. were <laughs> checking us in oh yeah and there's all people over.
2: yeah there's yeah we're usually all over the place <laughs> um you know and we hire we hire extra help you know when we are open and stuff and usually local teens um they're they're a really good source of help and um we've had also good luck with um school teachers because they're off in the summers oh, and they're sure. not looking for like a hardcore job that's scheduled you know like 20 hours a week they want the summer off but they still want a little bit of something to do and yeah. so we're super flexible um with that so we've had really good luck with having teachers come out and help us too you yeah. know and sure. uh so yeah it's been good
0: so when does it open you said uh, uh um, planting when uh, when strawberries does it? Yeah.
2: strawberries is usually i usually tell people around the middle of june middle just so june. they start thinking about it um, but we normally open around the 18th or 19th. It all depends on the weather. Right. So, like, right now, um, you know, as the strawberries start to wake up, as they start growing, when they start producing a flower, then we can kind of make our countdown as to when they'll be yeah. ready and ripe. And
0: then you have a Facebook page? Where do you yeah. announce the opening?
2: Yeah, we do Facebook. Um, we're always on there. And right. then we have a website, which is otterberryfarm.com. Right. Um, and so we have stuff on there. Um We don't... That's updated, but, like, our Facebook is a lot easier to go in and make, like, live updates, you know, especially weather-related. So, you know, if it's raining or something, we can tell people or if we happen to get picked out. uh, Also, our phone number, our phone number is the berry line or whatever so people can <laughs> call that and it's oh programmed. Yeah, I remember yeah.
0: you had uh, yeah. uh, always an announcement. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I so I can
2: yeah, I can program that with my cell phone like out in the middle of the field on the tractor or wherever we are and we can change that and do that up to date. So we uh. always tell people to call before you come out to the farm especially if you're driving a distance yeah. to make sure that we didn't have to close early because for some reason, you know, if we had this huge rush of people and we got picked out yeah, for picked the day out, and we had to close yeah. for a day or two to let more strawberries ripen. Is um, it that quick then? It can be, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we stagger our plants. We we plant different varieties that ripen at different times. So some are a little bit early season, some are mid season, and some are late season. Sure. So um, people don't need to come out like on June 18th and get like the first big giant strawberry because we always have big giant strawberries because we stagger our plants when we're they're growing. Yeah. And the varieties we have, so there's always going to be those big giant. Juicy strawberries. <laughs> mm. I am so yeah.
0: Getting my appetite for. it. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, one uh, uh, final question that I have uh, is: bees. Do you have your own beehives, or do you? I mean. Th- 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 The flower, maybe some children don't know that anymore, but like there (laughs) needs to be an insect to Mm -hmm. pollinate Mm -hmm. and to actually create the fruit, right? Mm -hmm. And we have a bee issue, right? Don't we? I mean, you read about it. Well, I don't think we have a bee issue anymore, but we do have, uh, there's uh, the
1: Hoffman Apiary out of um, Richville. Mm -hmm. Actually, they run commercial bees on all our farms. So, right at the corner of the farm, not like close enough that people can bother them, they're uh, on the 80 that we are on though. Uh-huh. And the bees, um, the bees do all our pollination. Um, strawberries are self-pollinating, so oh, bees wind. help. They're not necessary, but bees help. But we have a bunch of raspberries, and the raspberries have to be pollinated.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And okay. so the raspberries are pollinated, yeah. and 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 this and the the bees will pollinate the strawberries mm-hmm. as well, but they don't have to, right? Do you know what I mean by yeah. self-pollinating? Yeah, it's, so it's the wind. It's
0: yeah. the wind that does it then, or yeah. Um, yeah. okay, yeah, just the so okay.
2: But yeah, so we do have some bee boxes, um, just kind of down the road if you went past our farm a little bit you would if you were really paying attention you'd see him kind of tucked away in this nook but okay they're where people wouldn't be able to get to them or be yeah. bothered by them or whatever so
0: but they are not yours
1: they're rented no well we just we just l- um let uh them set them there because he's he's a professional and he is a you know okay yeah. Okay, he's a bee guy. I would love to get into bees. I think they're absolutely fascinating. Yeah, me yeah, too. Super cool. Yeah.
2: yeah, I want bees. Yeah. I, I know, right? A bee pro- yeah. yeah, I mean, you Wouldn't want all sad. the animals. I, yeah, I, just I know, already right? Heard. Yeah. Well, my brother does maple syrup and had honey bees in Ohio, and I was like, this is so cool.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, it is a really neat, really neat thing. But I think so. yeah, that's one. You know, that's just one more thing to add to. It's like, oh, geez, you got stuff to do, so <laughs> let the professionals take care of it, and mm-hmm. they do an excellent job. We have uh, fall bearing raspberries. So mm-hmm. they'll start, like, the end of August, and they'll go produce fruit until the first killing frost. So in Minnesota, that can be any time. Also, <laughs> you, oh, so know, you have
0: raspberries, you just said. S- oh, r- raspberries. raspberries, yeah. So that's a
1: different—and uh, uh, what is that for? Just the, r- the raspberries come ripe actually during our corn maze. Yeah. Right before—like in the middle of August, I'd say.
2: Yeah, middle to end of August, they'll start to ripen. So and then—so the bees, you know, help with pollinating for that because, you know, you need those for raspberries.
1: But it's, I, th- I would, I don't know this, but I think we're one of the only corn mazes in the planet where you can walk through a corn maze and pick a bucket of raspberries at the same time. <laughs> yeah, right? I didn't find
0: them. <laughs> yeah, I, must, well, I didn't use you, the right you, map.
2: So, no. <laughs> so, like I said, it depends. They'll produce until the first hard killing frost in oh. the fall, right? So one fall, we had raspberries almost until it was like Halloween because we had such a beautiful fall and it didn't get cold at night. Yeah. Last year, we had a hard killing frost in September. Oh. It was the end of September, and so they died right away. Oh. So we didn't even have any. I think we had them for two or three weekends mm, um, that we had some raspberries. And we could do some methods to help with frost protection, but... um. It just wasn't in the cards last year to do that and water them at night and that kind of thing. This I
0: will look out for them. Yeah, (laughs) right? Yeah, so if you
2: come to the corn maze, you know, the first couple weekends of September, you're almost guaranteed to be able to get some raspberries also. Okay, (laughs) good, good. Yeah.
0: So um, I usually um, close this, or I try to not forget, uh, talk about lake life, other than you live in lakes country, Mm -hmm. and you just mentioned that you brought Chris here (laughs) actually during the summer season. So what does lake life mean to either of you? Maybe you start because you are, like me, new to Minnesota. Yeah. But what is lake life uh, to you?
2: Yeah, well, lake life to me, I mean, it's just um, fun, relaxing, like family time. You know, you can get together with people. You can make memories. You can have fun. Um, I'm actually not a water person, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is kind of funny. I'm not a swimmer. I Mm -hmm. never was. Um, And so, but I like going on the boat and stuff. Um, I like hanging out at the beach. I like going to the lake, but I'm not the person who's, like, going to jump off the dock Mm kind of thing. mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's super fun to be able to take the kids, go meet friends, you know, and just kind of hang out. And Minnesota is such a perfect place for that. Mm -hmm. Um, We have such a long, cold winter sometimes. um, And there's tons of fun activities to do in the winter around here, too. Uh, But the summer is definitely, you know, the, the gem of Minnesota. And so, yeah. Hmm.
0: No, no, that's that's kind of like me too um, um, what is what is a lake do to you is it well I guess so growing up
1: here I I've been
0: spoiled my whole life I mean
1: comparing Perm to Bozeman um, you know I love the mountains and in some days I wish I lived in the mountains but you know what I noticed since I've left Montana um, and even when I was in Montana was the people that lived in Montana um, weren't up in the mountains every day. And so as an outsider, when I got there, every single day of the week, I was up in the mountains. Because when you're not from an area, you don't take it for granted. And it's interesting because when we came back to Minnesota, I just had this appreciation for the lakes that I never had when I had it in my backyard at all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And so since we've been back, we've got a boat, and we don't use the lakes as much as we should, but we see how valuable of a resource they are. I mean, it's just it's world-class and people come from all over the world to vacation where we are fortunate to live every single day of our life. Mm. And so, um, just to be able to have this, this tremendous resource. And I mean, we, people get a lot of grief, um, for living here in the winter time, but it is a magical place in the winter as well. I mean, Mm. we, ice fishing is, is just tremendous. Um, it's a world-class fishery. You get all the, um, get everything that you would get anywhere else in the world except you've got all this beautiful snow and ice to
0: deal with yeah (laughs) which is a good thing i think yeah i think it's really calming i enjoy the winters it just can be a long stretch uh, right
2: yeah it can be long but you know it when the warm weather does come you know it's like oh Thirty-five degrees is beach weather. Like I know, I know.
0: Get, let's get the shorts and then they yeah, wear exactly. flip
2: flops uh, and you're running around and I it's know, awesome. I yeah, know. it's it's
1: pretty <laughs> magical to have a true four seasons and yeah. And I think you have a much greater appreciation for each one of those seasons mm-hmm. when you have a when you have these distinct differences because, you know, even in a lot of areas in this country where you don't have these distinct seasons, I don't think it means as much. Right, mm. the warmth means way more to us having gone through that heavy winter and the heavy winter uh, means more to us having gone through 100 degree summer right yeah you know yeah,
2: yeah. the temperature fluctuations so yeah
0: I no I I agree and um, uh, I like uh, the lakes for everything the calming and mm-hmm. uh, and the activity opportunity mm-hmm. and year round yeah well that was very um, very interesting uh, I'm excited for the next uh, berry season yeah so uh, it will be
2: here soon and we'll be here soon
0: <laughs> and uh, I make sure that I captured some nice uh, photo evidence of the the red yes, strawberries to yes. pick. So I think we will see each other again soon. Yeah, and that would be awesome. Well, yeah. hey, we have to say thank you so much,
1: Dirk, for, yeah. for inviting us onto your podcast. To
0: yeah. you, do yeah. a, you do a tremendous job, and, and thank you so much. So. Yeah, thank you, thank it's you. It's been
2: great. Yeah, we love listening to them.
0: Yeah, yeah. thank you, thank <laughs> you. No, thanks for coming. Great story. Um, good luck, and I love that your kids are so involved, uh, and I hope to see them again, and we will go through this maze this fall we yeah. have a whole year here to share yeah exactly <laughs> thank yeah. you for coming yeah thank you <laughs> yeah this was already our uh, newest episode of the Lake Life Weekend podcast we sure hope you enjoyed it uh, tune in again next week with another great guest and updates always check out our website uh, lakelifeweekend.com and if you have some comments please feel free to email us at hello at lakelifeweekend.com and uh, you have a wonderful weekend ahead.